Hi, and thanks for tuning in to First Baptist Center's weekly sermon podcast. Our hope for this podcast is that you'll develop a closer relationship with Jesus and be inspired to share His love with others. We hope that today's message will give you the encouragement you need. Come join us. Today we will finish up, Lord willing, our study in Nehemiah. We're not really going to cover chapter 13 as much. I referred to it last week, and, and, uh, but uh, in chapter 13, the people kind of have a relapse, and uh, sometimes we have relapses. We have the best of intentions, and, we, and then sometimes we kind of relapse back, and they did that, and a lot of things dealing in chapter uh, 13, they, they really had a struggle separating themselves uh, from from the peoples of the land, and they also had a, a had trouble remembering to keep the Sabbath. Those are two things, and we've talked about that even last week a little bit. So uh, that brings us to there are times that we have relapses. So so in the church today we have something called revival, and uh, and so next Sunday, Lord willing, we're planning to have a revival meeting, and only the Lord can bring revival. But uh, we're going to have the meetings. Uh, Pastor Cedric Williams will be here to preach next week, and and listen, you're going to be blessed. He is just an awesome preacher, and uh, so he'll be here, Lord willing, next Sunday morning. Starts at 9 o'clock, then at 10.30, and then also each evening through Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And so I want to just invite you out, mark that on your calendar, and uh, come out and if you, if you can and support Revival uh, next week. Nehemiah chapter 12, that's where we are today, and we're just going to celebrate. Anybody ready to celebrate this morning? Amen. That's right, we're just going to celebrate what, uh, celebrate who God is and celebrate what God has done. That's what the people are doing here in chapter 12, and we've been doing that already, haven't we? Uh, we've been celebrating the Lord and celebrating what, how God has delivered us and rescued us, all those great things that we, we think about. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for me personally, how God has... I just want to thank the Lord for how He rescued me out of a life of sin, rescued me from myself, rescued me from a fiery hell, Listen, save me by His grace. I'm not deserving of that, and I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand together as we read God's Word together. Chapter 12 is filled with more of those fun names that are easy to pronounce. And so I'm excited. Man, I'm excited, and I'm going I'm to dodge as many as I can. But anyway, I don't want you to lose sight of, of the passage. And so if I completely slaughter a name, just shake your head and say, well... That's just Eddie. That's how he'd say it. But uh, anyway, hey, David. But anyway, uh, today, verse 27 says, Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and singing, with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the countryside around Jerusalem, from the villages, uh, of the uh, Natophathites, from the house of Gilgal, from the fields of Geba and, and Asmavath. For the singers uh, had built themselves villages all around Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites purified themselves and they purified the people, the gates and the wall. 
So I, this is Nehemiah speaking, so I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall and appointed two large thanksgiving choirs. One went to the right hand of the wall toward the refuse gate. And we'll skip down, if you will, two choirs, and basically we'll look at that in a moment. They circled the city on top of the wall and they met at the temple. But then it says down in verse 43, also that day, verse 43, also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. I love that when it says, the joy of Jerusalem was heard from afar off. Can the people around you hear your joy? Can the people around you hear you rejoicing in the Lord? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. And Lord, today I pray that you would hide it deep in our hearts this morning. Lord, we just thank you already for our time of praise, Lord, and how you have rescued us, how you have delivered us as your people. Father, today we're thankful for the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us from all sin. Lord, this morning I pray for, Lord, just help. Lord, help just to say what needs to be said, Father, to your people. Lord, that we might do the work that you've called us to do. Father, this morning, there may be someone here that doesn't know you or someone watching today online that doesn't know Jesus. I pray that this will be the day and the time that they would call upon Christ. Father, this morning, Lord, may you break our hearts, Lord, for the things that break your heart. And Lord, we ask it all in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. How many of you, oh, let me ask this question first. Has anybody here ever been to, uh, I want to make sure I get the name right, Niswa, N-I-S-S-W-A, Niswa, Minnesota. Anybody here? Have you? Steve, you've been there many times. Anybody else been to Niswa, Minnesota? Well, let me ask you this. Have you, there, there is something that goes on, so I read, in Niswa, and you actually get online and you get set up even now. It happens every summer, to the Niswa Turtle Races. You haven't been to the turtle races. Well, listen, apparently, yes, they have several lakes there. I noticed that on their, on their visitor's guide, that sort of thing. Yeah, but they have this Niswa. I'm really surprised, man. I, I'm glad I'm not a betting man. I'd have lost a farm way on that one. But anyway, but anyway, but Steve, glad you. Okay, it's a paper mill in Brainerd right next to Niswa. Well, in Niswa, so I read, and it seems to be true from everything I've seen online, every summer they have the Niswa turtle races. Now, that sounds pretty exciting. Now, I know you think, hey, that's not too exciting. Well, listen, these folks know how to race, you know, start your engines, right? Anyway, but anyway, they don't. So apparently all throughout the summer, and the people gather into a designated parking lot, and they bring blankets and chairs, and, and their vendors there selling turtle products, you know, Surely turtle wax is in that. I don't know. I did, they didn't say that, but I'm just thinking. But anyway, but it's a big deal. It really is a big deal. And so, so they put these turtles out. In one, in one particular race I read, Stephen said they have 435 turtles. That's a lot of turtles. That's a lot, turtle, <laughs> that's a lot of turtles. And so anyway, had them, so anyway, so here it is. The announcer comes up, on your mark, get set, go. And then, and what I read, people go wild. 
people go wild, yelling and jumping and waving and trying to get their turtles to act unturtle-like, <laughs> right? Because turtles are naturally slow. So come on, anyway. But this great, <laughs> this great turtle race, and and so it's just a. I mean, I won't say they work themselves into a frenzy, but I mean, it's just a great time of celebration. Well, here's my point today: if we can celebrate turtles, and I think maybe we should. That's a good thing. How much more should we celebrate? the Lord. Amen. How much more, right? There's a, it's, it's, you know, to worship the Lord, to learn how to celebrate. And I think, you know, listen, we're at a disadvantage because we're Baptists, one thing. But anyway, we just don't really know how to celebrate sometimes. And, and, and you know, and, and if you grew up like I did in a very traditional Baptist church, you know, and again, nothing against that, nothing wrong with that. You know, you can celebrate quietly, you can celebrate loudly, but sometimes I think we all celebrate loudly. I'm not gonna lie, but, but the point is, here's what Erwin Lutzer said in, in, in regard to worship, all right? Anyway, so we're talking about celebrating. He says, if we haven't learned to be worshiper, worshipers, I had a hard time with that early. If we haven't learned to be worshipers, it really doesn't matter how well we do anything else. It's kind of convicting. If we haven't learned how to worship God, then really, it doesn't matter how well we do anything else because God created us to worship Him. Think about it. You and I, we've been made in the image of God, right? And, and there's a God-sized hole in our hearts that only God can fill. And so if, we, if we're missing the worship thing, now again, when we talk about worship, we're not talking about, we'll talk about this in a minute, we're not talking about instruments or music, all that adds to it and aids to it, but worship is ascribing worth to God, right? Worship, worthy ship. So when we come together, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're singing Amazing Grace with a piano or with a band or whatever, or, or any other song, a rescue story. Listen, the thing is that aids us in our worship, but worship is giving praise and honor and glory to God because God deserves it. It's ascribing, it's, it's giving. It's not, you see, sometimes we think, sometimes I, I know I've been there and you almost come in with this attitude. Okay, see if you can keep me awake. <laughs> that, that's not worship. And sometimes we come in and we come into, you know, because we, we use, usually come and we usually gather and those types of things, but, but we can go through all the motions. And I've been, I've been there, trust me, even as a preacher, I've been there at times checking all the boxes and yet never worship. Do you realize today you could gather here today, sing all the songs, listen to the message, pray the prayer, whatever, and go home and really never worship God, right? So let's look at Nehemiah. Chapter 12. We see some folks celebrating today. Celebrating. And, and uh, I want us to look at uh, four things. First of all, a joyful gathering. And we'll look at that. Man, they, they're joyful and they gather together like y'all this morning, right? And then we see a spiritual cleansing. Spiritual cleansing. The great cleanser is uh, the blood of Jesus, right? And uh, that's right. Amen. I heard you got the hat on that says that's what I was laughing about. Uh, exactly. And, and so the great cleansing is, is that of the Lord himself. But we see the spiritual cleansing. We're going to see some enthusiastic praising and then some cheerful giving. Cheerful giving. Giving is part of our worship. In fact, that's really what worship is. Giving to God. Giving to God. I'm not talking about just money. I mean, that, no, giving yourself first to the Lord, as the New Testament says, right? Give yourself to God. If you'll give your heart to God, listen, everything else will take care of itself. All right, ready? Here we go. Number one, first of all, we see, so how do we celebrate God? How do we, how do we live a life that celebrates God? Well, we see, first of all, this joyful gathering. Look at verse 27. Verse 27. It says, now, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, you say, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. 
Didn't they build that wall a ways back? And they did. In fact, if you go back to chapter 6, verse 15, I believe it is. Check me on that. It says they completed the wall in 52 days in the, in the month of Elul. Elul. Uh, so they completed the wall back several chapters, but then God started working on the hearts of his people. You know? And now they're coming to the place where they're getting ready to dedicate the wall that was built some time ago. Now, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, verse 27, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and singing with cymbals and stringed instruments and, and, and harps. And so, you know, not all the Levites, remember the Levites assisted in worship and they helped the priests in, in ministry and ministering and sacrifices and all those things. They helped with that, with temple worship. They had responsibilities. Well, they didn't, they didn't all live in Jerusalem. They lived outside in various villages. And so what they did, they went out and gathered up the choirs. They went out and gathered up the praise team and gathered up the musicians and said, hey, come on, we're getting ready to have church. <laughs> and that's what they're doing. So they go out and they gather them in. And I love what it says in verse 27. It says they, they sought them out and, and brought them or bring them to Jerusalem to, to celebrate the dedication with gladness, thanksgivings, singing with cymbal, string instruments, uh, and, and harps. So they came to celebrate they came to celebrate what God had done. Every Sunday morning we gather, we ought to just celebrate what God's done in our life. Every day you get up, I get up out of, bed, out of bed and we have breath in our lungs, we ought to celebrate the one who gave us that. Don't you take anything for granted. Every day, every moment of our lives, giving praise to God, right? It was a joyful Joyful celebration. And, and we ought to be joyful. There's something about gathering. And that's why I just, a joyful gathering. You know, and again, we talked about this a few weeks. Listen, I'm so thankful for uh, our technology and we're able, for folks that are not able to get here, folks around the world, wherever they might be, can, can tune in and watch this or watch this later online. And that's awesome. And we're glad you're here. Listen, absolutely. But there's just something about gathering, right? In fact, the New Testament tells us not to forsake the gathering or the assembling, right? That's the word of ourselves together. So there's something about coming together as the people of God. And listen, now I'm not saying it's always joyful. Well, I think it can always be joyful. There are sometimes hard times dealing with sin, right, in our lives. And, and those things can be difficult, going through difficult times. But even with that, there can be that joy. Vance Havner, um, you know, because sometimes, let me say this before I give you the Vance Havner quote. Um, sometimes people will say, well, the reason I don't go to church, it's boring. I know none of you would ever say that to me. Well, some of you might. I know some of you pretty well. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, as a Vance Havner. Vance Havner, anything you read of Vance Havner, listen, preacher of yesteryear, but he just, he had, he had a great sense of humor and just a way of saying things. He said, you know, and, and we used to do this too, have service at 11 o'clock, right? He said, a lot of churches start their services at 11 o'clock sharp and they end at 12 o'clock dull. Some truth in that, isn't it? Now the message may, I, I try for it not to be, but sometimes the message may not be the most, yay. <laughs> but God's word is always glorious. God's word is always glorious. God is always glorious and worthy of praise. Amen. 
I've shared with you this before. Let me share it again. I, I, I'll get in trouble. I need to move on. But I remember years ago going to chapel because you're in Bible school and seminary. You know, you know, you feel kind of guilty. You ought to go to chapel on chapel days, right? And so I went to chapel. Didn't always go. But anyway, I went this one time and, and I went more than once. But anyway, on this particular time I went. And uh, anyway, and I remember coming back thinking, golly, where'd they get that guy? My goodness, he must have known somebody. The only reason he got to preach. Anyway, and this lady beside me said, oh, did you hear that preacher? That was so wonderful. And she started, I'm like, where were you at? <laughs> were, you, were, were you in there? <laughs> but see, I went in. All right, give me something. She went in to give. It's a difference. It's a difference. So let's move on. We see spiritual cleansing. Here's a spiritual cleansing. We see in verse 30, 30, verse 30, verse, it says, then the priest and the Levites, verse 30, purified themselves and purified the people, the gates and the wall. So, so here they gather together. They brought the instruments. We'll come back to that in a moment. They're ready to worship and, and they, and they purify. The word purify means to cleanse, means to make clean, right? We don't know. We're not told all of how they did that, but we can only imagine it's probably through some ceremonial washings and maybe sacrifices that were made, maybe sprinkling of blood. We know that is the case as we read through uh, the, the Old Testament of how they would make sacrifices. But they, first of all, purified themselves. It's a word for any of us in leadership. We better be there ourselves before we tell somebody else, right? And so they purified themselves, and then they purified the people, and then they even purified the gates and the walls, I mean, so they're, 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 they're cleansing it, they're preparing it, they're dedicating it for, for worship. I look forward to the day when you look out yonder way and there's this new facility that God's going to bless us with and we're able to have a great celebration that day in celebrating that facility for the glory of God. But even more important than a building, guys, even more important that our hearts be cleansed. See, may we keep our eyes on Jesus, not on a building. And, and here's the thing. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, everything else will find its place. Amen? Are you with me? So, so here's the thing. This spiritual cleansing, it applies to worship Sunday by Sunday. You know, think about this. When you come into church, if you've been going every which way but loose before you get here, when you get here, you're probably not ready to worship. You might get there, and you might not. <laughs> Back when Anita and I used to go to church together, I told the early group that, and there was silence. <laughs> Complete silence. <laughs> Until I looked at them like, yeah, it's kind of a joke. <laughs> But it's kind of not because anyway we've been we lived in the Parsonage First Church and I'd go uh, I'd go to church before she did and 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 in their second church I was usually there before she was and that's and she was there at other times whatever but my point being you know before we did when we used to go to church together sometimes before church we could have some not an argument but maybe some intense fellowship <laughs> anybody ever have that come on. How many, listen, I'm on, I was going to say, how many of you had it this morning? I'm not going to ask if anybody, no, anyway, but, but here's the thing, here's the thing. So, you know, here it is, you, you know, you fuss and all the way to church, well, not intense fellowship and all the way to church. And then you get to church and you get, Hey, everybody love you, love Jesus, I love you. And then you get back in the car, I told you on the way home and all this Nobody else probably does that but us. We don't do it anymore. Uh, but, uh, well, occasionally we could, I'm not saying we can't. But my point is, a lot of times we get to this place and we're not ready to worship. 
You, get to this place, you come into this place, not, we're not ready to worship. Our hearts are not right. And so, so what do we do? I, I just want to give some real practical things. How do we get to the place of being ready to worship? Well, I think, first of all, is praying. Prior to coming here, one preacher, well, I say one preacher friend. I, I, just, I heard him say this, and I can't even remember who it was, but I'm sure he was a friend. But one preacher said it this way. Let me put it this way. He said, on 8 o'clock Saturday night, I started getting my game face on. <laughs> well, I knew what he meant by that. You know, he's starting to think about the next morning. I've got to get up and preach, and he's, he's thinking through that. But how do, we, how do we prepare? Well, certainly through prayer, right? Before you, when you get up on Sunday morning or even Saturday night or whenever, but you, you get up and you pray, you confess sin. Confess sin. You get in the Word. Listen, Psalm 51, let me give you some scriptures. Let me give you some scriptures to go with that, and I'm going to move on just for the sake of time. But, but Psalm 51, a prayer, a, 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 a scripture for confession, right? This was David's confession after he'd sinned with Bathsheba and called out on it by Nathan the prophet, right? So Psalm 51, Psalm, if you, uh, uh, for scriptures for worship, Psalm 95, Psalm 96, Psalm 100, right? Let us, uh, let us shout before the Lord. Let us come before the Lord with thanksgiving. All those things, ways to prepare our heart, maybe listening to Christian music, you know? Listen, I, I listened to a little Crowder this morning, a little, I was trying to think who else, Mercy Me this morning, and uh, We the Kingdom. So, but I'm just saying whatever, listen, but just listening to Christian music to, to prepare your heart, to get your heart right, so that when we get to this place, our heart's right, and, and it's not, it's hard anyway, isn't it? My mind wanders all the time, listen, and just goes every which way. You know that, because usually I say it. <laughs> But to be focused on the king of glory. Who is this king of glory? <laughs> the Lord mighty in battle. <laughs> the Lord mighty in battle. Open up the gates that the king of glory may come in. Open up your heart and let the king of glory come into your heart. And, and prepare our hearts as we, as we come to this place. It's cleansing. Listen, sin is the enemy of worship. Sin is the enemy of worship. So if there's unconfessed sin in our lives, may we confess that to the Lord. Amen? And we all have it. He is our rescue story. We're all in need of God's grace. Amen? Amen. So that brings us then to enthusiastic praising. I love this part of it. I, except for the names. I struggle with the names, but we'll work our way through it. Verse 31 says, So I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall and appointed two large thanksgiving choirs. Now let me just, so this is Nehemiah speaking. And, and notice he said, I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall. So they got up on the wall. Now remember, remember what the enemies of God had said back in the earlier chapters of Nehemiah? And I know you do. <laughs> remember when they said, well, even if a fox gets up there, that wall will come crashing down. Well, the leaders are coming up on it. Now, Think of this. You remember also, and I was trying to remember which chapter it was, one of the earlier chapters, um, where it talks about the nobles of Tekoa would not lend their shoulders to the work, and they wouldn't work. Remember that one? I wonder, are some of those same leaders in this? <laughs> I wonder, are there some of those same leaders that wouldn't help and wouldn't work, and now they're up on the wall? Boy, you talk about a humbling place to be. May we never think anything asked of us is below us in the kingdom of God. Is when you're a pastor and you're in ministry, you learn to do all kinds of stuff. And, and it's just, but it's nothing is beneath us, right? Nothing is beneath us. And I don't know whether it's any of the same 
Same folks or not. But anyway, so they come up and they have this choir. One went to the right hand on the wall toward the refuse gate. After them went uh, Hosea and the half-leaders of Judah, and Azariah and Ezra and Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah. And some of the priest's sons with trumpets, Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemaiah, the son of Mattaniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zachor, the son of Asaph. Remember Asaph? He was with David. So here's somebody related to David back during the time of, of, of worship. And so we see them, and his brethren, Shemaiah, verse 36, Azariah, Mililiah, and Gilaliah. Maybe they were brothers. I don't know. Maiah, uh, Nathaniel, Judah, and Hananiah with the musical instruments of David, the man of God. Now, so here they have instruments. It says the instruments of David. If you go to, um, to 1 Chronicles 15, it talks about the, the instruments that David incorporated in worship. And it seems to be much of the same is listed in verse 27. See, look back in verse 27. It talks about they had cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. So it seems to be much of those, uh, of those same, uh, same instruments there. And it says, Ezra the scribe went before them. So why don't you get the picture? So here it is. Nehemiah organizes them into two choirs, two large choirs. So one choir goes up on the wall this way. The other goes the opposite way. And they meet at the temple. You get it? See, that's, what's, that's what it'd be like. I don't know if you've ever been to maybe a cantata or a musical presentation where the choir came in singing. You ever seen that? That's pretty cool uh, to see that and, and that sort of thing. So, so here it is. They're, they're, they're going around. Look at verse 38. The other Thanksgiving choir went the opposite way. And I was behind them. This is Nehemiah. I was behind them with half the people on the wall, going past the tower of the ovens, as far as the broad wall and above the gate of Ephraim, above the old gate, above the fish gate, the, the tower of Hananel, the tower of the hundred, as far as the sheep gate. And they stopped by the gate of, of the prison. And so, so it mentions then they also had trumpets, verse 41. Look at verse 42. And Messiah, Shemaiah, Ella. Uh, Eliezer, Uzziah, Jehoahana, uh, Malachi, Elam, and Ezer. The singers sang loudly with Jazrahiah, the director. Now here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 42. The singers sang loudly or they made their voices heard. Now here's two things I want you to see. First of all, I want you to see the variety of instruments that they used. Because sometimes in church, I mean, it talks about stringed instruments, it talks about trumpets, it talks about uh, uh, cymbals, you know, and, and a lot of times in church, you know, you know this as well as I do, there's always, for many years now, this debate, division over which instruments are holy and sacred, right? Well, they all can be. So that wasn't the answer I was expecting. <laughs> They all can be. All of them can be. And, then, and we see that. But usually the ones that we think are holy and sacred are the ones that we like. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, but they all can be. We see that. We see that right here. We, we see them, these instruments. And, and there was a quote. And, and um, how many of you love uh, classical music? Several. Several in here. Um, this is, I, had, I made sure with Miss Elena that I had my, you know, of course, I know the name Bach, but you heard of Bach, right? Johann Sebastian Bach. Here's what he said. Listen, here's what Johann Sebastian Bach said. All music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Where this is not remembered, there is no real music, but only a devilish hubbub. 
But he said, all music should have no other end and aim than the glory of God and soul's refreshment. So, so the, the, the end or glory or the, the goal of music should be for the glory of God and the soul's refreshment. Okay, you got that? that? Let's keep that in mind. Now I started thinking, the wheels started turning, those rusty wheels. I thought, wait a minute. Are there words to classical music? So what do you do when you have a question that you don't know? Who do you ask? Yeah, so I Googled it. Well, first of all, I asked Anita. She's pretty close to Google. But I, so I asked her first. And then Google agreed with her. So that was good. But anyway, but basically, no. No, there, there, there's no words. There, there are no words to classical music. Now, again, some of you know classical music. My limited exposure to classical music was usually about 8, 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. That's about as far as I know of classical music. Killed a wabbit, killed a wabbit. Well, see, I didn't know that was actually a... I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a classical music. Not the kill the wabbit part, but the... So I guess you can add words to it. <laughs> Here's one. Whether it be a cymbal, whether it be a trumpet, whether it be a piano, which is not here, but it was here, uh, a piano, whether it be an organ, whether it be uh, a trumpet, whatever it might be, a stringed instrument, a guitar, a drum, it can all be used for the glory of God. Because Bach, not that he's scripture, but I mean, he saw that, that all instruments can be used. And I just say that to broaden our horizon, that there be less of a divide over music. Amen. Yeah, we have enough dividing us. May we not be divided over music. But then here's the second thing I want you to see. Not only the instruments, but the singing. They were singing. They were singing loudly. Exactly right. Verse 42, wasn't it? 42. It talks about back in verse 27, they were singing. And then in verse 42, it says that they were singing loudly. Right? They, uh, they, they, the singer sang loudly with, with uh, Jezrehiah, the director. And it means to let their voices be heard. Again, I just a plea that, that to sing. Um, <laughs> I heard about, now this has never happened here, of course, but I heard about it in some, some church somewhere, if it's really a true story. It could be a preacher's story. But anyway, the, the choir director went to the pastor and said, listen, we've got one of our choir members that just can't sing and he needs to quit. In fact, if he doesn't quit, the choir director said, I'm quitting and about 10 people with us. He said, is he really that bad? And he said, yeah, he, he really is. I said, preacher, you need to talk to him. All right. So he called him in. We'll go call him Ed, Brother Ed. Called Brother Ed in. Said, Brother Ed, I think you need to quit the choir. He said, why, preacher? He said, well, I've got about 10 people who says that you can't sing. He said, well, preacher, that's nothing. I've heard about 50 people say you can't preach and you're still here. <laughs> Now, some of you going to be like Brother Ed. You say, I can't sing. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Listen, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling myself, listen, students, sing with all your might. Adults, sing with all your might. Sing to the Lord that we, because of who he is and what he has done. I know some of you think you're too cool for school and, and, and too cool to sing. I'm just telling you. Derek Thomas said this. Only Christianity is, Christianity is the only religion that sings. I really never thought of that. Other religions chant. Other religions may have 
you know, uh, they might recite things, right? Other religions may have a, a clergy or high, uh, imams or something that may sing, right? But only religions sing. And here's the thing. Think about it. Uh, Christianity is the only religion that sings because if we know the grace of God, the forgiveness of our sins, we know where we were. And praise God, I'm not there anymore. And I got a home in heaven waiting for me. Why should we not sing, church? <laughs> And, and I mean, I'm just telling you to sing, whether you want to or not, sing, he is worthy. Whether you feel good or not, sing, he is worthy. This is warming up for heaven. If we can sing and shout about turtles, Surely, if we don't say something, the rocks outside are going to cry out. I'm not going to let any rock get anything on me. What about you? Praise his name. Praise his name. He is worthy. He is worthy. And listen, I know some of you think I had too much coffee. I'm just telling you. I'm telling me. I'm telling you. He is worthy. May we worship him and praise him. And my prayer is God gets a hold of us. Because that's what it's going to take. Because I can talk to you and talk to me. I give myself a pep talk too. Okay, I better sing. Preaching on singing this morning. <laughs> that was what was going through my head earlier. Man, we are blessed, are we not? Has God, I mean, has God done something in your life? <laughs> is God talking to you? What's God teaching you right now? I mean, let us sing. Amen. Let us sing enthusiastic praising. I love that. They sang loudly, you know, whether you sing or not. Here's one final thing, cheerful giving, and we're done. Cheerful giving. We notice in verse 43, also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. I love that. God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off, the joy Man, they ought to hear us at Walmart because the joy <laughs> of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Of what he's done, the rejoicing, they could hear that. But, but notice, look in verse 43. And on that day, so here's, a, here's the same day. On that day, they offered great sacrifices. I don't know all that that means. I, I know one person said, well, it came with a cost. I think it's probably true. They offered great sacrifices. I think it speaks that there were many, many sacrifices made that day. And, but they offered great sacrifices. You might say, well, they had a whole lot more than I've got. Well, probably not really. Probably we've got a whole lot more than they had. And when you think about this time in, in the economic times of, of Nehemiah, it was, not a, it was not a good time. It was, not a, it was certainly not their most blessed, prosperous time by any stretch. They've just come back to the land, homeland. So a lot of them don't have anything much. But they still offered great sacrifices. Here's something. I'm speaking to me first, okay? Say amen. Amen. See, Eddie, talk to yourself. Here it is. I'm speaking to me first. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Don't say, huh, if you're talking to yourself. But, yeah, that's... Listen... That's the best words to live by. <laughs> but here it is to me first and then to you. We have not gotten to the place where we are giving sacrificially as a people.
Now, I don't know your individual giving, nor do I want to know. It's none of my business. That's between you and God. But I'm talking about as a people, and I know me, I give, sure. We, we give, but to give sacrificially, you know. Lord willing, we're getting ready to build this big facility that, that we'll, be, we'll be able to minister, have a place for kids and youth and to worship and all those things. Listen, just awesome. But the bottom line is, you know, listen, it's, it's going to take money. It's going to take a lot of money. And we just need to decide, you know, is it worth it? Because God's not broke. <laughs> Unless you think God is lacking, he is not. Not one iota. So what, you know, what would God have me to give and you to give? And again, it's not the amount. It's the heart in which you give it. Amen. Remember Jesus sitting there with his disciples. And they were watching folks leave church or go into church. I'm trying to remember. You checked me on that. Anyway, they were coming in out of church perhaps or leaving. And, and people were putting in money in the offering box, you know. And we've got offering boxes. So I feel like we're kind of biblical in that, right? Putting in money in the offering boxes. Some apparently are putting in big money. And then here comes this widow. And she throws in two copper coins. You probably heard it called the widow's mite. Two mites. And what kind of mites? Well, no, it was, it was copper, two copper coins. Less than maybe, I was trying to remember if it was even a cent. Very, very small, very, very minimum amount. I'm not sure what it would be today, but very small. And Jesus said, hey, did you see that? Hey, guys. Hey, did y'all see that? See all those people putting in the big money? But you see that lady throwing those two copper coins? She gave more than any of them. Well, Lord, what are you talking about? Because they gave out of their abundance. She gave all she had. Out of her livelihood, she gave all she had. Now, I'm not saying you need to sit down and write a check for everything in your savings. I'm not saying that. Now, if God tells you to, it's another story, but I'm not, I'm not saying that. But my point is this. When we're ready to get to this place, guys, and I'm, I'm talking to me first, of saying, you know what, Lord? What would you have me to give? Not to just reason it out in my mind, but Lord, what would you have me to give? Because we're never nearer to the heart of God than when we give. And I'm not just talking money. You, give your fir you first give yourself to the Lord. God's got all the money He needs. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need us. That's the amazing thing about grace. But He chooses to love us and to save us and to call us friend. Amen? Amen. But giving is connected to worship. See, I want you to see the connection. Because, and, and then it goes on down, and, and we're, we're, we're out of time, so I'm going to finish. But verse 44, it goes on down, they, they hand out temple responsibilities. Let me just read verse 44. It says, And at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouse for the offerings, the first fruits, the tithes, to gather in into them from the fields of the cities the portions sanctified or specified by the law for the priests and the Levites. For Judah rejoiced over the priest and the Levites who ministered. I love that part of that where it says that Judah rejoiced over the priest and those who ministered, those who stood. That's what it means, stood in the place of service. Certainly there is a joy, you know, between uh, those, you know, leaders and, 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 and all of us. We, we have a, there's a joy there. And certainly they took care of their leaders and they took care of the work. And you all do that. You all are wonderful at that. But my point I'm wanting you to see here is the connection that if we're not giving, 
if we're not giving, then really we probably haven't really worshipped. Now again, I'm not saying how much you give. That's between you and the Lord. But giving is definitely connected to our worship. Amen? Are you with me? Amen? Does make any of you mad? If I did, I'm sorry. But it's there. I'm not sorry either. Kind of like Reese's. But, but the point is, it's there. And here's what I found. Let me tell you a story. I'll close with this. I remember one time, I made this remark. I said, you know, I think all Sunday school teachers should, and I had this list of things they ought to do. Contact their class, you know, do some outreach, be here on time, study your lesson, stuff like that. Well, I had one guy get madder and fire at me over that. I ain't going to let Andy Nace or anybody else tell me what to do. You know what I found out? He wasn't doing it. <laughs> he had a sore spot. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't doing all those things, but I hit a sore spot. Same thing is true when we talk about money, okay? If that makes us mad or uncomfortable, then probably that's a sore spot. And we need to go to the Lord with that. Amen? Yeah, we just need to go to the Lord with that. And I guarantee you the Lord will come to you with that. <laughs> he does with me. Here's your, here's your trouble. <laughs> and usually it's me. Amen. Y'all were a lot more enthusiastic when I was preaching about singing. <laughs> and I was too, wasn't I? But here's the thing. So today as we come to this time of, of invitation, may we just celebrate what God has done. We've got this joyful gathering today. But don't forget the spiritual cleansing. Is there something in your heart that's unconfessed? May we take that to the Lord right now. What about that enthusiastic praising? Would you say today, Lord, I'm going to start praising a little louder. Would you say that? Lord, would you work in my heart, remind me of all that you've done, that I would do that. And Lord, would you, find, would you finalize it with this? Lord, would you make me a cheerful giver? That's a good prayer. Good prayers to pray today, I think. So we come to this time and as we have our invitation, we're going to open it up for a while and then want to have a special kind of call for prayer for our building steering team at kind of the end of our invitation today. So but let's bow our heads in prayer. We do that right now as we come to this time and, and just let God deal with our hearts. You know, I tell you, that, that can be tough, can it? At times it is for me. That still, small voice that speaks your hearts. Thanks for listening. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at fbc-center.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. We hope you have a great week and God bless.